I'm Jason Ariola, and this is Rock Out with Your Card Out. following the podcast for a while you'll know that last year around this time i did an episode that i dedicated to my grandma who passed away february 9th of 2019 um i figured every year i'm gonna do something around this time for her as sort of a just a tribute thing where i reflect on some memories of her with that have some strong like video game music attached to those memories so i thought i'd just keep the tradition going i mean it's only been a year so i mean well a year since the last one so it wouldn't be much of a tradition if i stopped it now would it so yeah um again this isn't going to be really in depth as far as talking about the discussion of the music or anything like that this is going to be more anecdotal stuff on my end and yeah uh personal story type stuff so hopefully that's can be your bag if not you know i've got uh what 53 other podcasts you can listen to or 53 episodes of this podcast you can listen to plus the bonus episodes you'll get access to if you go to patreon.com slash games junk and kick in three dollars look at that got the plug in right up front <laughs> anyway so first up the first thing we're going to listen to is solar striker stage one and stage two yes i know we did that quite a few episodes ago where i talked about the game boys first year releases and this was one of those ones that got thrown in there because it's just kind of heavy in there but and we'll go ahead and just play that because i like that one and yeah so here it is Thank you. 
So that was Stage 1 and Stage 2 from Solar Striker, a very early Game Boy game coming out within the first year or so, and one of the first games I got for the Game Boy that my grandma bought me. I just have a lot of memories of me driven around in the back seats of cars when I was a kid and playing Solar Striker quite a bit and hearing this over and over and over because it's a, it's not impossibly tough, but it's a fairly tough um, vertical scrolling shooter for the Game Boy, and I wasn't very good at those. No, let me rephrase that. I'm... I continue to not be very good at those, so yeah, but you know, I just have a lot of strong memories of uh, driving from her Target that she worked at up to her house and being in the backseat of her little 1990 uh, Toyota Corolla sedan that was light blue and sitting back there and playing this just because I enjoyed it and it was one of the few Game Boy games we had to be kind of begin with there, so yeah. Anyway, uh, next up, we're going to be going to something little bit more personal um, on this, and that is the Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past soundtrack. So first up from there is the Hyrule Overworld theme. If you listen to last year's episode that I dedicated to my grandmother, you will know that this series is sort of embedded as far as emotionally with my grandmother. She's the one who got me into it just on a lark where she, I won't tell the whole story again, but basically she was getting annoyed that she was getting called over the intercom every 35 seconds. And when somebody went looking for her, they found her and said, Florence, um, haven't you heard them paging you? And she said, my name's not Florence, it's Zelda. And when she bought a bunch of NES games from a coworker, you know, years down the road after she bought us an NES, she just saw this shiny gold cart with the name Zelda on it, and that was sort of what did it. So um, when I got this game and I, you know, burst through the sanctuary doors the first time and heard the Hyrule Overworld theme, you know, with the Super Nintendo sound chip, I was just astounded at the sound of it it was incredible and i love it to this day probably still is my favorite iteration of that overworld theme it's just amazing especially for the time being such an early super nintendo game it's just yeah it it really still invokes a lot of emotion to me every time i burst through those sanctuary doors for the first time and get in the overworld now after having played a link to the past i don't know how many times at this point i still get that emotion even if after you know a little while of playing and you're on the overworld that the kind of bravado of this song kind of wanes a little bit it's still just that initial impact when you get out there and hit the overworld for the first time it's just like yep yeah, yeah this is why this is one of the best games ever made and we're going to do one more from a link to the past and that is the dark world theme
another all-time classic and really hard to beat. Another one of my favorites from the Zelda series. This one, I remember the first time I beat Agnahim or Agnahim or Agnagosticim. I don't know how you say that name. I still don't care. We figured it out when we did the Game Club for a link to the past a few years ago, and I don't remember to this day how to pronounce that name. So it doesn't matter. Anyway, when you beat the wizard that you think is actually going to be the bad guy and then find out, oh no, not even close. Uh, there's a whole nother eight dungeons to go. Um, yeah, I would have been pretty satisfied with the Legend of Zelda Link to the Past the first time I played it with just the first three dungeons. And after that, you know, there's another eight and yeah. But I remember hearing this overall theme quite a bit and this brings back a lot of memories of my grandma sitting and watching us or us making her sit down and watch it with us because that's just sort of how we did things to her the oh, that poor poor woman <laughs> anyway but yeah i i love this one and there's a ton of remixes that maybe one of these days i should get around to like sharing like some of my favorite remixes of dark world themes or the the dark world theme yeah i don't know why i'm having a hard time talking well i kind of do but anyway <laughs> So getting back to the Game Boy itself, uh, why don't we go ahead and listen to another one that's super important to me, and that is the title screen theme from Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. cannot stress how integral this game is into what has sort of become me as a 38 year old dude i um i have a bunch of pokemon stuff sitting here on my desk surrounding me including a whole shelf of mew stuff a little mew bouncy ball that came or that i got like you know back when it was sort of contemporary i suppose a bunch of mew plushies and a mew mcdonald's toy i believe it's just like one of those like pull back and rewind things but yeah anyway i've got a whole bunch of pokemon stuff here on my desk and that series continues to be one of my favorite series to this day granted i did take a huge break from it and didn't really get back into it um i took a huge break after uh, yellow came out in america i had imported it after having played red blue i imported yellow played pokemon snap uh imported and then played uh yellow when it came out in north america as well as pokemon snap in north america and then basically fell off of pokemon completely until um i'd say a few years ago uh, about five years ago at this point when i was 
laid up uh, having re- or recovering from hip surgery and playing X and Y and just absolutely falling in love with Pokemon again and then going back and picking up all the DS. Well, I had all the DS ones, but picking up and playing them and bringing my Pokemon forward. I continued to buy them on the DS, thinking that maybe one of these days I'll get into Pokemon. I'm kind of glad I went with that because, yeah, I'm sort of, um, yeah, obsessed with Pokemon to this day, I guess. Anyway, my grandma thought Pokemon were adorable and uh, I would watch the show in the morning and she liked it enough that she thought it'd be cool if uh, she got me a few VHSs of them. Yes, this is how long this goes back is she bought a few VHS uh, episodes of the show for me and just because I think they were in clearance at Target or whatever. And yeah, so there's a lot of uh, memories of Pokemon with my grandma too because as she got older or as I got older and got back into Pokemon, she started getting into it as my kids got into it. I mean, she wasn't really into it, but she just thought it was kind of cool that my kids and I had something not in common, but you know, something to kind of uh, talk about there together because my kids are both super into Pokemon too. So that works out. So anyway, we're going to move on to the next one. And that is the battle theme for the gym leaders from Pokemon red, blue, and yellow. real particular memory attached to my grandma with this song in particular it's just i happen to like that one quite a bit it's one of my favorite battle themes from pokemon period it's just got a nice intensity to it and it just kind of takes me back to sitting i was living with her at the time when this came out and you know sitting in my bed with my uh (laughs) blue game boy pocket and playing this and yeah just that feeling of you know some people have a harder time in high school i don't want to say i did but i did at times maybe didn't i don't know it's a little weird my relationship with my high school life is a little eh, complicated <laughs> so but you know just being able to lay in my bed and playing pokemon was one of those things that just kind of was like hey you know life's okay everything's all right pretty simple still yeah so anyway um we're gonna go ahead and we're going to move on to the um effectively the title uh namesake for this and 
or the game that inspired the title for this episode. And the first track from there we're going to cover is from Final Fantasy VI, and that is Mog's theme. Out of all the rather killer uh, character themes in Final Fantasy VI, Monk's theme might be a little bit more laid back and one I didn't really appreciate at the time. But as I've uh, gotten older and sat down to listen to the soundtrack, you know, um, nearly endlessly in my life, it's one I've learned to appreciate a little bit more. And Mog is my favorite character from Final Fantasy VI as far as just cuteness factor goes. Um, granted, there's not a whole lot of cute in Final Fantasy VI. There's a whole lot of bad stuff that goes on there. And it was one of the first games that I really saw that happen in and kind of blew my mind. But... Yeah, um, this was also one of the first soundtracks I ever owned, and of course, uh, that was thanks to my grandmother, who bought the uh, North American release, uh, Kefka's Domain, and as far as I know, it was sold in the back of video game magazines, maybe even Nintendo Power, I don't remember for sure, I could be wrong, but yeah, I, uh, I saw this in the Secret of Mana soundtracks, and had to have them, and this is one of the ones she bought me, and I still have that copy of this, and the Secret of Mana that she got me to this day, um, CDs are a little, not worse for the wear but a little rough around the edges at this point in my life but you know i still love the soundtrack and mog's theme is super kind of fun peppy kind of like mog is he's just this like weird um doesn't really fit in with the rest of the party's melodramatic shit and i kind of dig him for that and i always found a way to get him into my party and my grandma always thought mog was super cute too going so far as to buy me a couple of shirts with mog on it that they sold in that same back uh back of the magazine ad yeah <laughs> so I have a couple of those, or had a couple of those. I don't know what happened to them over the years. Probably just fell apart from overwearing. But yeah. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and we're going to move on to my favorite character theme. My absolute favorite character theme for Final Fantasy VI. And that is Celeste's theme.
Now, I'm going to do my best to not make myself cry in this segment, but when we were leaving the hospital after my grandma passed away, this was one of the things I put on my phone and listened to. Um, my um, my wife drove us to the hospital, and my mom was with us, and I sat in the back seat and listened to this and a few other things that meant a lot to me, and I just sobbed like a baby. <laughs> Uh, starting to do that now, but yeah, I've always liked this one. It's real pretty, and I've talked before about my um, penchant for liking sad music, and this is definitely a very morose track, very sad, but it's also very pretty, and I know she liked this one too. I had her listen to it a few times. Um, also, <laughs> you'll, I'm sure if you are familiar with Final Fantasy VI at all, and I'm talking about this one, you know where the next few tracks are going to be going, except you don't, because I'm going to change it up, and we're going to take a break from Final Fantasy VI, and we're going to actually do Zelda II, which is, um, I wanted to do something a little bit more happy for a minute before I, uh, you know, break myself down and start sobbing on a podcast, which would be really sad, <laughs> so... So the first track we're going to be listening to is the title background music theme for Zelda II, The Adventure of Link. Alright, so this actually marks the first time my grandmother uh, ever uttered the phrase, uh, "Are they? is that supposed to be singing? Uh, the little warbly kind of sound there kind of does invoke a little bit vibe of vocals, and I think she thought it was singing, and I've never been able to get that out of my head. I thought, is uh, supposed to be a vocal of sorts that the NES is trying to desperately to produce. It's a weird sound, and I can't say I disagree with her that I don't know what that's supposed to be, but I am kind of partial to the Adventure of Link soundtrack. It's pretty good, and I don't think I'm saying anything out of turn with that, so yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to the Overworld theme. Thank you. 
there is something special about this overworld theme. It brings in a little bit of the original of uh, the overworld theme that Koji Kondo created for the first Legend of Zelda, but does its own thing. It feels a little bit more, I don't want to say like majestic to a point, whereas the original Zelda felt a little bit more dirty, kind of grimy at times, where, you know, you were in a world that was falling apart. The Zelda 2 had a completely different vibe you know the world was lived in there were other people you can interact with and you know as minimal as that was mr i am error um but there was something special about that game even if uh it's a little tough to go back to but it's definitely the most uh, action-oriented one in the in the series and the soundtrack i think definitely lives up to the sort of more grandiose feel it was going for without really hitting you too hard with being try hard. I think the soundtrack is really good and doesn't really get the respect it deserves as far as uh, recognition goes in the Zelda fandom. I I know they're, you know, the the uh, one of the <laughs> One of the ones I'm covering, which is kind of a basic choice is the temple uh, thing that we're going to be playing here next, but you know, I, there's so much good music in Zelda 2. I would really encourage you to check it out. There's also a ton of good remixes for it. So, yeah. Uh, you could waste a day on Overclocked Remix and find a bunch of Zelda 2 stuff that ranges from, you know, pretty recent to 20 years old or whatever, however long they've been around at this point. I've got some stuff on my iTunes library that I've just been kind of tooling around, not tooling around with, but just lugging around since I first found it all those years ago. So, Anyway, as I mentioned, we're going to go ahead and move on to the Temple background music. I really don't know if there's ever been a thing of Zelda music that accompanied what was going on in the game quite so well as this one. It is intense. It makes you kind of question like just how dangerous things are going to be. And it flows really well when you get into a battle, which happens constantly. And it just kind of keeps you on edge the whole time you're in those temples. And I adore this thing. It is one of the best mood pieces, I think, for a Zelda game without it trying to be a mood piece, if that makes any kind of sense. I don't think Zelda music really ever set much of a mood piece uh, 
for quite a while, it wasn't until like a green of time that they really tried to start, I think, tugging emotional heartstrings there, uh, just because of the sort of more capable uh, Nintendo 64 hardware, which, yeah, anyway, um, moving on, so, but yeah, the Zelda 2 has always been, like, really special to me, even if I don't love it, I like it, I don't love it, but, um, you know, I used to go to this daycare after school, and my grandma come pick us up, and one day that daycare, the daycare had an NES, and somebody brought in, or they ended up buying Zelda 2 for that daycare, and, we lost our minds and I was trying to convince my grandma to get it for us. And she finally found a copy of it um, from another coworker. Actually, now that I think about it, who had it used because we just have the, we just got the gray cart. Yeah. Yeah. So we played that quite a bit and uh, I don't know if I ever legitimately beat it on an NES. I did end up beating it on the collector's edition on the GameCube quite a few years later, which is really, um, not a chore, but uh, quite the feat, uh, because have you tried to play a side-scrolling platformer type thing with really intense, precise combat with the GameCube controller? It's a little tough. <laughs> so Anyway, and now we're going to move on to the namesake of this episode for real, and that is I'm just going to play them all at once, so you're going to have like 10-15 minutes worth of music here before I come back and close up the show, but we are going to listen to the Opera Suite from Final Fantasy VI, and we are going to listen to the Opera Suite from the Super Nintendo in particular, because there are versions of this that you can listen to that aren't. Um, you know, the Super Nintendo sound, they actually have bothered to repurpose this and make it into a real-life opera of sorts, at least the singing. It's really something, and maybe something we'll get around to one of these days. So, anyway, here's the opera suite, and I will talk to you guys in like 10-15 minutes to kind of close out the show.
I wasn't entirely sure if I should include Setzer's theme in there as part of the suite because it sort of fits in pretty well, but, you know, I just thought, hey, this is sort of the uh, opera suite here, so let's just kind of keep with that, so. Yeah, um, I never really made my grandma sit down and watch us play Final Fantasy VI because it's a little, well, no, I did, but it's a little boring to watch because, you know, it's a lot of grinding and stuff like that, but 
because of that, she really never got to see the opera scene when it first happened for me. I did end up making her watch it eventually, just to sort of get the context of it. But her first exposure to this was on the Kafka's Domain CD, and she, for the like, I told her, hey, there's an opera thing coming up, and when that first thing came on, she was like, is that supposed to be singing? <laughs> yeah. Yep. That was, uh, yeah, it was supposed to be singing, Graham. Thanks for ruining it for me. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, then I showed her the opera scene at some point, and she thought, oh, it was pretty cool, because, you know, these little characters on the screen doing this whole little opera, and she thought it was kind of inventive. And, uh, yeah, maybe appreciated the music a little bit more then, but, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's something. I think she was a little confused about the, uh, you know, purple octopus that came on there and started beating up my characters, but, hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> so... Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, um, that'll wrap up this episode of Rock Out With Your Card Out. So, yeah, again, I just wanted to say thanks for listening uh, to something a little bit more personal. I try not to get too deep in the weeds with uh, memories of my grandma here, just as sort of like cursory touching on them rather than full deep blown stuff. Uh, I think I did enough of that with the Celeste theme thing because, yeah, yeah, at the very least, my voice broke a little there while I was thinking about that day. So, yeah. But anyway, um, again, want to thank you for your support. Uh, go to patreon.com slash games and junk over there, kicking $3. You will get the catch all feed for all the podcasts I do. That is this, Multimedia Failure, So Say We All, and the Games and Junk Game Club. You will get all of those podcasts in a higher quality audio feed. You will get bonus segments on Multimedia Failure, and you will get bonus episodes of a Rock Out with Your Card Out. For $5 a month, you will also get a shout out on the show. And the people that did that, I want to shout out to, of course, because that's what they, you know, are contributing the $5 for. So thanks, Vanessa Cahill, John Lucy. Alex Messenger, Josh Carpenter, and Eric for continuing to support the shows we do here, and I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure how to close this one out. I, you know, I'd probably do it the same way I did last year with uh, the grandma thing from Wind Waker going out, because that just seems very apropos, because she really liked Wind Waker. She thought it was really cool looking. So, um, yeah, I just want to say thank you for listening, and I really appreciate it, and. Um, yeah, I guess I don't have much else to say, so, um, Graham, I'm not really one of a believer in afterlife, but I hope you're listening, and if you are, I love you, crazy old lady.